I'm WWE superstar and Special Olympics champion ambassador, Drew McIntyre. And you're listening to the Inclusion Revolution radio podcast with your host, Novi Craven. Drew is not to be messed with inside the ring, but don't let his brute force get in the way of something even stronger. This is a port for athletes of all abilities. Drew started his WWE career at 22 and since then claimed countless victories leading to his WWE stardom. But some of his most imp- impactful victories have come outside the ring, such as teaming up with Best Olympics athletes to create an online workout program called School of Strength, classes now in session. Drew's drive and charisma has filled stadiums inspired Special Olympics athletes to be their best on and off the field. I'm very excited to talk more about your involvement with Special Olympics. But first, I would love to hear more about your WWE career. So what sparked your interest in pursuing professional wrestling? Well, I've wanted to be involved in wrestling as far back as I can remember. Um, you know, I released a book over the past couple of years um, called A Chosen Destiny in my story where I included a little story at the beginning that my dad loves to tell um, everybody constantly. I've heard it my whole life, especially since I've been involved in WWE as apparently when I was six years old, I held a family meeting with my mom, my dad, my brother, and I told them one day I'm going to be a WWE wrestler. And of course, my parents said, okay, Drew, no problem, because kids say the darndest things. You know, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be uh, an astronaut. I want to be a soccer player. I want to be an American football player. I want to ride a Tyrannosaurus Rex professionally. Um, and parents will say, no problem. And eventually, they'll deviate from the plan. They'll go down a different avenue. But I knew that's what I wanted to do from the first moment I saw it on my TV screen. I told my parents that I worked believed that I was going to do it. And at 15 years old, I convinced my mother to let me go to the wrestling training. Stuck in at school the whole time, I always preach education is absolutely paramount and number one. And at 21 years old, I was very fortunate that I got my degree from university in criminology and signed by WWE the very same year, which is very cool. So if you believe in something enough, no matter what it is, you work hard enough, especially the self-belief, as you know, you can do anything. What are some of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome in in your career? Some of the biggest obstacles I had to overcome were more out the ring than inside the ring. Um, I was very fortunate, as I mentioned, to be signed so young. I was given a lot of opportunities. Um, When I was 23 years old, I was on television. Vince McMahon, the owner of our company, proclaimed me as the future, the chosen one, a future world champion. And everything was laid up for success for me. But unfortunately, outside the ring, I perhaps wasn't giving it my all at all times. And I had a few personal tragedies, including my mother getting sick and eventually passing, which sent me off the rails. And I went down that bad path. I made some bad decisions and it adversely affected my career and my personal life and inevitably led to my firing from WWE. And I had to look myself in the mirror after being fired and say, you went through a lot, you had to deal with a lot, but this is kind of on you, buddy. And that's the day I decided I was always gonna work as hard as I possibly could deal with my emotions you know a lot of people have a habit of keeping everything inside i preach today how healthy it is to speak your emotions out loud to tell people how you're feeling on the inside and get it out because it can eat you up on the inside and i made a lot of personal changes from within as well as without 
And if you saw a picture of me uh, when I was younger, I look now like I've eaten the previous version of myself and gained a bunch of hair. So I grew in a lot of ways. And when I returned to WWE, I like to say I left a boy and returned a man. How did you learn your signature move, the Claymore kick? It was by accident. I was um, in a match. It's actually, it's funny you say that. I looked at my Twitter as I was stuck in traffic on the way here um, to Brooklyn. And uh, somebody told me it's on this day that the Claymore kick was created by mistake in 2013. So this very day we're recording the podcast. I won't say it because it's coming out a little later. But it was on this very day. It was accidentally created. I was in a group called 3MB. Myself, Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal. Um, our characters were... 80s rock stars, we played no instruments, we pretended we played instruments, we couldn't sing. We're basically like, like the movie Bill and Ted. And um, I wore these tight leather pants that you, the rock stars in the 80s used to wear. So when I ran to deliver one of my maneuvers, the, the big boot, when you run and kick your opponent in the face, I realized that the crotch was not going to be able to handle that kind of movement. It would have split and it would be very embarrassing on live television. So in the moment, when I realized my leg was in the air, the crotch was going to split. I kicked up my other leg to avoid that happening, hit my opponent with the claymore and landed in my own head, not myself silly. And when I got to the back, one of the agents in the back told me, if you can figure out how to do that move you did accidentally without hurting yourself, you've got a maneuver. And eventually it became the claymore and eventually it won me two world titles. So I like to say tight leather pants equals world championships. I just I'm like, I I, can't, I love when you say one, two, three, and you go. Oh yeah, that was by accident too. Uh, the Claymore countdown. Um, I did it outside of WWE one time. I don't know why. We're we're such an interactive um, industry and um, wrestling in general. And WWE, like we love that crowd participation, that back and forth. And we chant something, they chant something back. And just one day, I don't know why, I just decided to throw my hands in the air and a show outside WWE and just did the three. And then people joined in, I went two, and then they got it at least by one, and everyone went one. Oh, and I hit the move. And I started doing it, then I stopped eventually, and it came back to me a couple of years ago. I was like, man, I remember I did that thing in front of like a couple of hundred people, and it worked. I wonder if it would work in front of 20,000 people. And sure enough, I tried it, and it caught on. And it's funny, it's usually the simplest things that make the biggest impact. I've thought about catchphrases. I've tried such complicated things that I've worked on so hard that haven't worked. But then I do a Sesame Street count and all the crowd chant with me. And I'm like, oh, simplest is always best. <laughs> what inspired you to get involved with Special Olympics? I mean, I was looking for something um, outside of WWE where I could really make an impact, something that spoke to me. And I remember talking um, to our community department and asking, you know, where can I help out? Where can I be involved and make a difference? And they, you know, worked their magic and came to me and said, I really think Special Olympics is somewhere um, you would thrive and really, you know, make a difference with the athletes, but at the same time, um, they make a difference in your life. And that's exactly what happened. They were 100% right. And I'm so glad and so fortunate we've been able to build this relationship we've built over the past few years. Why is the part partnership between WWE and Special Olympics so important? And how will it, how will it continue to grow? Uh, I mean, it's so important uh, because it unifies the WWE superstars, Special Olympic athletes. Uh, we compete together in events. We learn from each other. We inspire each other. We elevate each other. And through those moments, we can show the world what Special Olympic athletes are truly capable of. When it comes to growing, and not only do we get to um, hang out and have some awesome times here in the United States, 
but it's growing worldwide. And uh, at Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, we had a Special Olympics event. And it is, I think that says it all right there, a Special Olympics event in Saudi Arabia is growing and growing and growing and only going to continue to grow and really make a difference in people's lives. Can you tell our, can you tell our listeners more about what School of Strength is and why you wanted to be part of this online work, workout program? It was an awesome idea. I wish I could claim it as my own, uh, but I just feel very fortunate to be involved. Just the nature of the times we were in uh, with COVID and a lot of our athletes um, were stuck at home, being in the high-risk category and not able to get out and be around friends and get those workouts in. Like somebody, thank goodness, had the genius idea for the School of Strength, where people would be able to work out at home with a very simple kit. Um, and even if you didn't have the kit, you could just improvise, get some stuff together and follow along with Drew McIntyre as I uh, demonstrate some of the exercises. And I'd love to say the exercises are easy, but if you've watched the video, you see me <laughs> kind of falling around and stumbling over myself and looking like Bambi on ice with half of it. But <laughs> the object is, you know, exercise and, uh, you know, get healthier, but also at the same time, it's about having fun. And that's most important. And I love the feedback I've heard from School of Strength that people are exercising, getting healthier, but at the same time, they're having fun, especially at my expense, hopefully, as I stumble over my own feet, try to do half the exercises. <laughs> Drew, I saw you were called out again by Beth Olympics athlete, Alex Hanna, to participate in the jump rope challenge. What has that experience been like? I like it because um, it gets me out of my comfort zone and I should have learned from last year when I got challenged that I wasn't very good. But nonetheless, it's not just about how good you are. It's practice makes perfect. How'd you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. I should have been practicing all year. And as we saw in my latest video, when Alex challenged me again, I wasn't able to go the full 30 seconds. I made it 18 seconds. So what I'm going to do now, because now I know what Alex is up to, going to challenge me every single year at the same time i'm going to practice between now and next year and if i get challenged next year i'm going to go for a full minute hear that alex a full minute next year i know you're coming for me so i'm actually going to practice throughout the year this time i'll challenge you to a jump rope challenge you're going to win 100 but i'm going to practice i'm going to practice i've learned my lesson yeah I'll definitely um i'm definitely taking up on that um but yeah definitely everyone out there make sure you keep tagging like and yourself too like if you do it make sure you tag me on social media, I put out the, the post and I love seeing when everybody participates in the jump rope challenge. And uh, I, I clearly see, you know, it's not just about doing the challenge, especially in my case, it's about, you know, fun and the interaction and getting everybody involved. All right, definitely. Uh, last year I've seen the, uh, the Street Profits do it, Bianca do it, a lot, um, Rhea do it. I think, yeah, a lot of other superstars did it. And, and um, definitely seeing a lot of you guys do it was, just definitely like, okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Push myself to jump, even though you know some people can't jump, but you know, it's yeah. you don't need a rope way. either. You can you don't you just pretend you've got the rope there. You don't actually have to use the rope. But this time next year, I'm guaranteeing right now on this spot, on this day, Friday the 25th. 25th of March, 2022. Is that right? <laughs> I don't even know the year anymore, but on the road for so long. <laughs> 2022. This time next year, when Alex challenges me, I'm going for a minute. <laughs> I've said it. I have to do it now. I've said it out loud. It's on video. <laughs> Drew, what was it like being what What is it like being ambassador for Special Olympics? I hear you were surprised by Special Olympics Nevada with the news. Yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, we've got video footage. We've got um, pictures. Um, I was close to 
to breaking down. <laughs> like the only thing that was in my head was for some reason, Seamus always pranks me. I wasn't sure if it was some kind of elaborate prank that was going on, that Seamus was orchestrating. He was going to throw some slime in my head or something. So that's the only thing that stopped me breaking down. It was so cool. It meant as much to me and means as much to me as winning, you know, my championships, my heavyweight championships. Um, when everyone caught me by surprise, it was our first in-person event also. We'd done everything virtually up to that point. All our work with Special Olympics, my involvement personally, and got to be with everybody. SummerSlam, we played bocce ball, was it called? Uh, yeah. That's what I played. That's what I played. I played that too. I never heard of it until like I played it for the first time that day, and it was so much fun. And afterwards, um, yeah, everybody surprised me uh, with the ambassador title. And uh, yeah, it really means the absolute world to me. And uh, my dad, especially, you know, he's more proud of that than my world championships. I also hear you're going to be ambassador for U.S. Games. What do you think the experience is going to be like? And what are you most excited to see? I'm excited to see um, y'all do what you do. Um, it's fun, you know, playing the bocce ball and getting together and doing the bowling and the likes and, uh, you know, interacting and making a difference and uh, pushing the word of Special Olympics. But I'm finally going to get the chance to be around all the athletes as they do what they've been training for all year round at the highest level. And I'm just happy to be participating. I believe WWE sponsoring the powerlifting event. So I'll obviously be there, but I'm going to be walking around all over the place. I'm going to be watching everybody in every sport and watching them um, excel, especially after the amount of time everyone's been waiting, all this downtime. It's kind of like WrestleMania this year. You know, two years ago, we had WrestleMania in front of nobody. Last year was a limited capacity. I feel like this year's our first real WrestleMania with everyone traveling from across the world in three years. And I know the athletes have been so excited for this games to happen, and I'm very excited for it too. You inspired so many, so many Special Olympics participants to be better athletes. How did they inspire you to be a better WWE superstar? I think the biggest thing um, the athletes have taught me, like for me, is one thing, the physical aspect, that kind of comes easy, that's second nature. Um, I've been doing this my whole life, that's why. It's more like up here, the mental aspect, that sometimes I get my own head and struggle like to get out of my own head and think clearly and I get angry and I get aggravated and I get stressed and speaking with some of the athletes and just been around some of the athletes and just seeing positive attitude no matter what life has thrown at them and just pushing forward and working hard with that positive mindset has really inspired me to say, come on, Drew, like get out your own head. Just you've trained for this. You know what you're doing. Get out there and give it 100% and stop stressing yourself. So it's certainly the mental aspect. I've learned a lot from the athletes. In a few words, you answer the question, what does inclusion mean to you? This inclusion, I'm so long-winded, I'm going to try and keep this short. I'll talk for about 20 minutes answering this question. Uh, I guess inclusion means to me being part of a team and being something that's greater than yourself. Thank you, Drew, for joining the Inclusion Revolution podcast. We are so thankful for your dedication to our movement and being such an incredible leader. We are rooting for you to dominate at WrestleMania 38. Thank you so much. Thank you for today. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm very, very excited uh, to be at the games and see y'all in person and see all the athletes do what they do best.